Like most communities across the region, businesses at the intersection of Euclid and University have entered the next phase of reopening. Over the weekend, patrons returned to the Tower Bar, dined at the Lotus Garden, and got a Bissian takeout from the Red Sea. The threat of the virus still looms, as well as the recession caused by the response to it. The choices that business owners, workers, and residents make during the next few months will likely determine the fate of this area and every other San Diego neighborhood. Here's what we can learn about San Diego's recovery from this intersection. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Joshua Emerson-Smith, you've been following the ways the pandemic has changed life in this portion of City Heights. How did you decide on this intersection? What about this place kind of serves as a metonymy for the rest of the San Diego story? Well, we wanted a place that had a diverse group of, of people from all different types of backgrounds so that we could hear how the pandemic was impacting them specifically. And this is one of the most diverse places, probably the most diverse place in all of San Diego County with lots of different folks coming together. So I think that that was the main, that was the main driver there. Mm-hmm. And when doing interviews with business owners, workers, and residents, what are some of the themes that you heard about how COVID-19 is affecting them now? Well, everyone's in this cautiously optimistic phase, right? They're hoping that as businesses are allowed to reopen, that customers also come back. Although that remains to be seen. I mean, a lot of these businesses are doing not even half of the business that they had been doing before the pandemic. And a lot of them are having a hard time getting people to come back to work, especially with the expanded unemployment uh, benefits. Yeah, certainly. It's kind of a difficult proposition in which you know, all these businesses and all of these jobs are kind of dependent on high volume, lots of people in a relatively small space. That's how you get those good tips. And, you know, when that goes away, it's difficult to have that same business model that you had pre-pandemic. Yeah, I think that's right, especially for the restaurants and the bars. They thrive on that party atmosphere where they make like 90% of their money in like 10% of the hours they're open when people are jamming in for those those late night uh, drinks and, and food. And so that's not really an option anymore, right? Under the COVID rules now, we really have to space people out. And these businesses are wondering if the old model uh, will ever return. Yeah, that's one weird thing about this pandemic is that even as stuff has opened up, it does kind of feel like there's a, a curfew. It's like you kind of feel like you're, you're being wrong if you're out past like 9.30 or 10, just because you know that bars have to be a little bit more you know, cautious than they were in the past. Yeah, I was surprised by how many people were out in, in a sense. I mean, I, I thought it might even been slower than it was, but there were, you know, a significant amount of people out, including regulars going back to their bars, going back to their restaurants, whether it's just for pickup or a lot of people for sit down now. So it's just, it's hard to know where it's going to go. If it's going to, if people are going to continue to become more comfortable going out, or if we're going to see a surge in cases and people might be a little bit more cautious than they are in these first couple of weeks of the broader reopening. Mm-hmm. And for this story, you spoke with the business owners of the Red Sea Ethiopian restaurant, Brooklyn Bar and Grill, Lotus Garden restaurant for the restaurant side of it. Generally, what has, there been, what has been their strategy during the past several months to keep their businesses afloat? 
Well, everyone's doing takeout. Everyone's been doing takeout. And uh, some of them have been doing in-person dining, the restaurants. And then we were allowed to have people in bars on Friday. So, I mean, the, the situation now is not only do customers have to feel comfortable coming out, but then, you know, the staff has to feel comfortable coming back to work. And I think that both of those things are, are still a challenge. Um, I, I'd say the, the one kind of surprising thing is just how quickly people get comfortable once they start going out. You see people at the bars uh, not wearing masks often. Um, obviously, if you're eating, you can't wear a mask, so that's understandable. But I think once you start going out to these locations, uh, it's real quick. It's real um, easy to get comfortable. I know for myself, you know, starting this project when uh, my editor, the new enterprise editor, Dan Buki, um, who just came from the LA Times, had this idea. He said, you know, I want you to go out and hang out in all these restaurants. And I thought, OK, I guess that's my job. Right. <laughs> but, you know, as you get out there and you start hanging out with these people, uh, like the seals broken, you all, you really get comfortable very quickly. Yeah. And it does seem that, especially after the protests we've been seeing over the past two weeks, people have kind of crossed that Rubicon. So maybe the timing of this will help people ease into some sense of normalcy, even though, you know, dining out is a lot different from marching in the streets. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've seen uh, a lot of science come out, uh, including science that, I, I and other people have reported on that say that there's a lot of evidence that the virus is airborne. So these indoor venues, uh, especially where the doors are closed, air conditioning is on, could be potential hotspots, right? So we're trying to focus on this one area, see what happens and track it very closely so that we can give you all the like little twists and turns of how this plays out because obviously it's going to be playing out across the county across the state across the country but we really want to like show you how this unfolds in real time mm -hmm. and of course you also spoke to the workers at these locations were there any resounding themes that you heard from these individuals about why they chose to go back to work because right now that expanded unemployment insurance is still in effect although it will expire unless congress extends it at the end of july well, it is kind of a self-selecting crowd, right? So you're dealing with the people that are already willing to come back. That's who you're interviewing. But, you know, what I was hearing from a lot of people were things like, I'm a social person, right? That's why I'm a bartender. I want, I want to be out. I've been cooped up, trapped at home for too long. Um, some people suggested that they feel like when the expanded unemployment benefits end, that there could be a little game of musical chairs about who gets the still surviving industry jobs. And they wanted to be ahead of that. Um, other folks were just kind of like doing, you know, in solidarity with the business, right? Like they felt an affinity for the business and they wanted to make it work. So as the businesses were allowed to reopen, they felt something of a duty to come back to work. Um, mm -hmm. But definitely, I think the thing, though, like the big thread that you kept seeing was that just people felt isolated staying at home and they wanted to get back out and seeing folks. Because mm -hmm. that's the thing. All the places that you visited in this story are those third spaces, the spaces where you run into people you don't see every day, people that are different from you. And that's kind of the spice of life that we've been missing for weeks on weeks. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's right. And as kind of, um, uh, nerve wracking as it is at first to go out into these bars, I can say personally, uh, it was very refreshing for me to get out and spend a whole two weeks talking to people. I, I could just feel it in myself. All of a sudden I felt more energized than I had in over the last two months, you know, cause we're used to as journalists going out and talking to all different types of people. And a lot of that's just been having, uh, been done over the phone for the last couple of months. So here I am going out to all these restaurants as kind of nerve wracking as, as it is at first, you get used to it pretty quickly. And then you're like, Oh, right. This is what we were missing. Human interaction. That's good for our health, our mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And throughout your story, you have this theme of uncertainty and not knowing kind of if or when businesses will survive. Do you have a sense as to when business owners kind of see, I need to make this amount of money by this time to like justify this kind of operation while things are not fully back to normal? When you explain the kind of the sense of the talk, the clock is ticking. Yeah, it's different for everyone. A lot of the business owners own their own buildings. Uh, even some of them have paid off their mortgages. Um, some of them are renting, right? And those people who are renting are in a little tougher situation. Uh, some of the business owners have properties where they're renting to other people. So while their business might be protected to a certain extent, they're also worried about collecting rent from other people. So it's this big kind of jigsaw puzzle of, of um, uh, what is in, impacting any specific person. Mm-hmm. And after speaking to all these business owners and people who live in this location, in what ways do you feel that our neighborhoods are going to change after this pandemic? Because we've all been through this collective trauma. What do you think it's going to be like afterwards? Well, I get this question a lot. And lately I've uh, taken to giving the same answer, which is uh, I have given up making predictions in 2020. No predictions for 2020. Who knows what's going to happen, right? I mean... (laughs) It's just nuts. Yeah, certainly. And uh, this is the first in a series of stories you're planning on doing. What's the plan next? What are we going to hear from City Heights in the coming weeks? Well, we want to get to other parts of the community, not just the local business owners. We're talking to folks that have bus routes, work in public transit. Um, We're hoping to reach out to Uh, some of the religious communities in the area to find out how they're conducting services and just keep talking to people on the streets, keep hearing, uh, trying to hear about who's being impacted and why. Uh, I mean, I honestly can't tell you what's coming next because we're just trying to let the block really drive the narrative. So we'll go where the story goes, I think. Mm -hmm. And everything's moving so fast. You know, the story today is not necessarily the story at the end of the week. Exactly. Everything's moving super fast, even for the 24-hour news cycle. Mm-hmm. All right. Josh Hermanson-Smith, thank you so much. Good to be here. In other news, San Diego County health officials once again warned that the region is at risk for closing again if we hit one of several triggers. The trigger we are closest to hitting is the community outbreak trigger. If seven or more outbreaks occur in a seven-day period, the county would alter its public health order. In the outbreak itself, the county confirmed another 170 cases of COVID-19 out of the 5,207 tests reported yesterday. That brings the current case count to 9,000.
160. The county has also confirmed another death, bringing the death toll to 320. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. If you're curious about how Greater San Diego is working toward building a new future after the pandemic and protests, listen to the UT's Luis Cruz on Together San Diego. Every weekday afternoon, join in on conversation with activists, nonprofits, and companies who are finding out ways this moment can change San Diego for the better. Listen in on Facebook. For a guide to all of our live streaming programming, check out the schedule on uniontrip.com. Until next time.